Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. This week, I'm excited to announce my guest, Bethany Bayless, who's a fellow podcaster, a public speaker, and a professional MC. So welcome to the show, Bethany. Thank you so much. It's so awesome being with you today. Yeah, I'm so glad we were able to connect. Um, I'm excited to hear because I've never, you know, I've never met another professional MC, so I'm excited to hear more about your story. <laughs> wow, I love it. I also don't meet many professional MCs, and so I feel like we're like cut from the same cloth because it's different than than just public speaking. Yeah, it sounds like it is. Um, so yeah, before we get into all the fun stuff, um, what are you drinking today? So today I have it's called the Sophia Brut Rose. I think that's how you say it. It's B-R-U-T, Rosé, and it's made from Monterey County. Awesome. And you're in California as well. So how, where are you in California? So I'm right outside of Los Angeles in a town called Santa Clarita. Oh, We are known for uh, the Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix, as well as Magic Mountain. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. (laughs) Yep, that's the one. I can see it from my house. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I put, I mainly picked that wine because of the bottle because I thought the label was so cute. And um, adorable. Yeah, it's really cute. A long time ago, uh, my parents and I went to the Coppola Winery in Northern California. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, I've been to the winery. But so yeah, I'm glad it's good. I love it. And it's a really great rosé. I'm really like enjoying it. It's feel- very refreshing on this warm warm afternoon in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'm drinking a rosé today too. Um, I, I'm not typically a rosé gal. Um, I'm usually just like straight, like a sparkling, like white wine or like a mm. deep red, but, um, I don't know, like you said, cause it's really nice and refreshing on like a hot day, which it's pretty hot here in Oregon too. So yeah, just it's working out. Well, awesome. Yay. Okay. So yeah, now let's do, like dive into the details. Um, let's do it. Yeah. And I did read, so I love that on your website, I saw how you got your start, which I'm sure you'll go over about your play, which is awesome. But, um, so yeah, so why don't you tell us about your business and who does it help? Like, how did you get started in it and how long have you been doing it? All that fun stuff. Yeah. Well, I love when I was preparing for this interview, it's one of those things of like, who am I? What do I really do? Because I feel like sometimes as entrepreneurs, like we have so many things that we're doing, it's hard to narrow it down to one specific thing that we do. And so I think for me, uh, my goal and my mission is to help young professional women specifically take control of their finances and also to make more money. So it does, I definitely have an entrepreneurial spirit that I have had since I was younger. My mom was an entrepreneur, so she really set that tone for me. And I'm able to spread financial literacy through public speaking, emceeing, podcasting, and social media specifically. That is awesome. And and that's such an important thing because I know I've struggled and I'm sure many entrepreneurs and just people in general with financial, getting a good grasp on how to handle it and what to do with it. Like it's kind of hard. And especially if you come from, you know, maybe not having that in your background, like, you know, being taught that. So that's amazing. 
Totally. And it's one of those things that it touches everyone's lives. Everyone has to deal with their finances and our finances uh, encompass every area of our life. So it has to do with family, personal goals, uh, dreams and aspirations that you have. Everything has a financial element to it. And so it's incredibly important. And I love I love finances. I'm kind of a little bit of a nerd when it comes to that. And I think that, you know, women especially just have so much power when it comes to being in control of their money. And uh, that's what I love, just communicating and just talking to fellow women about that who are taking control of their finances for their family or for themselves. And I just get so much, it's so rewarding for me to be able to hang out with, with women who are doing that. That's awesome. And it's, uh, that must be just so empowering to help people because it, it you know, like when you're under financial stress or don't have a good handle on it, it leads to stress in like so many, you know, it has a ripple effect, you know, mm. so and it just gets into other parts of our lives. And so that's just, just awesome. So glad you can help people with all that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been doing it? So I fell into this world um, unintentionally, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs and see that happening where it's like, I didn't mean to do this, but it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to college for communications out in Chicago and my dream was to be in radio. That was my, my life goal. Like I was going to be a radio DJ on like Christian radio somewhere. That was my goal in life. And um, after I graduated from college, I went to England to work for a nonprofit out there. And we were uh, creating projects and we were doing things for youth throughout Europe. So I was able to live in another country to travel for the very first time. And that unfortunately ended very badly. Like it was something I thought was going to be the best thing in the world. And it wasn't, it was a really, it was like a crash course on life, I think. (laughs) And so after this, I moved home. I ended up moving home with my parents and I felt like a failure at the age of 23. I genuinely felt like my life was over. And I'm I'm a little dramatic, like I'll admit it and embrace it. I was, you know, the drama kid in high school. Literally, I was like the person who did the plays all the time. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I loved being dramatic and, and just had a really big personality. And so I genuinely felt like my life was over. I was blackballed in my industry and what I wanted to do. And so my dreams of becoming a radio DJ died a very slow and painful oh. death. <laughs> Sorry. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that looking back now, it was a really beautiful thing that mm-hmm. had happened. I ended up moving home and I was raised in a very financially literate household. My mom has written 15 books on the subject. She was a public speaker and and doing a lot of things, ironically, that I'm doing now. And she had this nonprofit organization that she was starting for military families. Mm -hmm. So that's another part of my story is I grew up as an Air Force brat. Mm -hmm. And so I moved around the country quite a bit. And she started a nonprofit that would teach financial education to military families around the country and eventually the world. And she asked me if I would be willing to help her out with this. You know, we were both kind of under the impression that I was going to go find a real person job and she was going to find someone else to come work for her. We're like, let's just do this until we find both those things. And the way that we set it up is I was an independent contractor. And so I had my own job. I was doing some social media consultation on the side. I was doing some other projects as well as this. Mm -hmm. And so that really started my entrepreneur side. And this was my main contract at the time. And it ended up that that was the best fit 
that ever could have happened. And I was able to really get my chops when it came to emceeing and public speaking because we had these events all across the country. And I really found a place that I flourished and it was a total accident. It wasn't supposed to happen. And we realized that we weren't looking for anything. This was exactly what we were looking for. And it just so happened that we were related and it turned out really great. And that ended about two years ago. We had some events, but through there, I was able to really develop my own speaking career, my own financial beliefs, my own things that I was trying to work on as an entrepreneur, but also as a financial educator that just it was a happy, happy accident. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so amazing. Cause yeah, you never know how things are going to turn out. Like you said, like you feel like you felt like such a failure and didn't know what was going to happen. Like that's just so scary in the moment. But then like when you look back at it, like it's, it, it's like, oh, that's why that happened. And it fell into place, you know? Exactly. And I love it when the universe does that because at the time, and it, it just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. and it really hurt and it really felt bad. But I realized that that developed me as a person and I wouldn't, I 100% would not be where I am today if I didn't have that really, really hard time. And it matured me as a person, much less a business owner. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like my husband and I, we had a small farm and brewery for about seven years and kind of a similar thing. Neighbors, we caused too much traffic. They didn't like it. So they took it to the county. Long story short, we ended up closing our doors, which was, you know, our source of income for seven years. We had two small kids and that was like a slap in the face. And they were like, okay, well, we'll get funding. We'll do a restaurant and do like the farm to table. We'll expand the brewery. We'll do all these things. We got denied for that. And so all of a sudden it was just like the same kind of thing, like a punch in the stomach, like, uh, (laughs) such a failure. Like, what do we do now? But, um, you know, looking back now, like having two young kids, I wouldn't have wanted a restaurant. Like we would have been living there. You know what I mean? Like just, it wasn't sustainable. And now we're in like the place we want to be. Like we are happy. We're thriving. Like without that change, of course, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are today. You know? Uh Absolutely. And it's one of those things of like closed doors, right? Closed mm-hmm. doors are hard because you're like, I was supposed to go through that door. That was right. my direction where I was supposed to go. And even since then, I have had so many closed doors that are incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard not to take them personally because you're like, this door closed in my face and it was my face that was there. You know, right. not the best analogy, but it's one of those things that it feels incredibly personal. And five years from now, you're going to see why, but it's so hard to see when doors are slammed in your face over and over and over again. I recently had something like this happened even as early as like just a couple months ago. I experienced, I was doing something really wonderful. I had a great contract that I loved, loved, Mm -hmm. loved, loved. And it ended unexpectedly and it wasn't the plan. It wasn't the way it was supposed to be. And uh, my house is actually getting fumigated at the time. I promise you, I promise (laughs) you there's a story here, (laughs) but my house is getting fumigated and we had to do the whole tenting thing. We had to like leave our house for several days. Oh God. went and house sat for my parents and my parents have three dogs plus our dog. And I was, we were done house sitting. We were going to go back to our house after it was being fumigated and I'm closing up their house and with their dogs, I have to close every single door in their house. So the dogs don't get in. Mm -hmm. And I remember closing every single door upstairs in their house and like door after door after door, I was just closing. And it just occurred to me like, Oh my gosh, I feel like 
this is my life. Like, I feel like all the doors are closing to me right now. And I can't help this silly little analogy. That's so what it feels like, but I'm choosing to move forward and move on. And the story gets better because I got home and I don't know if you've ever had your house fumigated. It is a pain in the neck. However, when the person comes to officially open your house so that all the gas is gone, they have to open every single compartment in your house. So that means doors, cabinets, drawers, everything. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that. So I walked into my house after this feeling of, you know, feeling sorry for myself. I closed all these doors. This is my life. This is it. And I opened the door to my house and I see every single door is open to me. Every door, every cabinet, every drawer. It wasn't just the doors. It was the windows and it was every single thing. And it just struck me in a very powerful way of we close doors, but we don't see how many things are open to us and the whole world is open to us. And those doors in the past, they're closed, but we have so much to look forward to. We just have to get there first. And it really struck me just this little tiny thing was such an impact for me. And I still think about it. Even today, I got goosebumps when I walked into my house and saw everything open. Yeah. I got goosebumps when you just like shared that. That's amazing. (laughs) And it's just like, it's so true. And I'm so excited for you that it hit you in such a powerful way because that is like such a sign, you know, like, Mm. and just something to remember to keep going because, you know, being an entrepreneur is is hard. Like it's It's hard. (laughs) It's so hard. It really is. Like it's amazing. I mean, I don't know. The highs and the lows are just, it's insane, but, um, yeah, wouldn't change it, but yeah, um, that's an awesome story. I love it. Awesome. Um, so how do you balance your work and life? Like that's, it's such a fun subject to talk about. And I love gleaning information from other people because it's still something I really struggle with. Um, so yeah, give us your tips or how you handle it and all that good stuff. Isn't it a fun subject though? I feel like it's something that every single entrepreneur deals with because our doors don't close at five. You Mm -hmm. know, we don't have that commute home. My commute is from my bedroom across the hallway to my guest bedroom where I have my office. (laughs) So separating it can be extremely difficult. And I have been there. I have had days that, you know, I need to put away my phone so that I can focus on my husband and my dog. We don't have children right now, but our dog is like our child. Mm -hmm. But it's really hard because I feel like I have a personality that I let things consume me. Mm -hmm. I let my mind just be absorbed by whatever it is that I'm focusing on that moment. And it's very hard to disconnect those things. So one of the things that I had started doing was my work hours are during the day. And my husband comes home at 4.20 every single afternoon, and I realize that that's my day to close up shop. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes will even get off the phone with people because I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, My time is up for today. And just setting those very strict boundaries when it comes to family time and work time. And it's really difficult for me too, because I also travel very frequently for my job. When I'm speaking in different places, I will travel. And so I'm traveling sometimes out of the year, I'm traveling two or three weeks out of every single month. Oh, wow. Yeah, it can get very time consuming. And so when I'm on business, I am on business doing 100%. But there are very, I try to make it very intentional to talk to my husband throughout the time that I'm there. So there have been very specific times that I am maybe out having fun dinner with friends or something. And I say, I'm sorry, guys, I have to go talk to my husband. 
you know, that's very important for me to be able to do. So just kind of setting up those times and being very intentional. I realize that my husband comes first. And so I have to be better at, at stopping what I'm doing and making sure that I'm connecting at home while also being at work. And it's a very, very difficult thing. Something that I have also implemented is just setting up a routine. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. I think for entrepreneurs, again, my commute is 10 steps. And so it's hard for me to go from one thing to the next. And I've started waking up very early, exercising in the morning and having that time where I drink my coffee and just kind of zone out reading a book or doing my devotions or whatever it is. Just having that very quiet time before I get into my day has also been really crucial for me, especially in the last few months. It's been very relaxing and one of those things that I'm able to disconnect from business for a while and give myself permission to do that. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big key right there because it's so, I feel this weight of, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. This is what I should be doing. I need to be doing this next. And just being like, you know what, Bethany, it's okay that you're doing nothing right now. That's allowed and that's permitted and it's hard because, you know, sitting and watching Netflix isn't the hard part. It's me realizing all the other things I have to be doing and feeling like I'm a slave to those things instead of setting that time aside for just self-care and doing nothing. Right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they're like, (laughs) both of those are so simple, but yet so hard to implement. Like, it really is. Especially, you know, I feel like when I first started out too, like the boundaries, I... I didn't even have any, like you could call me at midnight and I would do it. You know what I mean? Like, right. Because just that's how it was. But now it's like, I've become more seasoned and, you know, all of these things and just realizing what really is important in life, like mm. putting those boundaries in place and sticking to them, you know, cause everybody deserves that. Like the clients deserve it. I deserve it. Mm. My family, like all of that. Um, I mm. totally agree with you. Well, and something I realized too, is that at the end of the day, my why is to make a better life for me and my family. Like mm-hmm. that is my why. That's one of the things that I love helping people and that brings me so much reward. But I also do it because I want to help provide for my family. And if I'm doing so much to help others and neglecting my big, you know, my why and my family at home, then I think it defeats the purpose yes. of me even doing this in the first place. Yep. I totally agree. You're so mm-hmm. right. Um, so do you have any like apps or automation or anything like that to kind of, you know, help your business thrive and achieve that balance? Like, what do you use to, to help grow and, and balance at the same time? Well, the cool thing about technology and apps is there are so many that I'm constantly learning about. I have to just specifically choose ones that I'm choosing. I'm like, I'm going to master this one right now, and then I'm going to move over and master this one. And so as of late, my biggest Uh, automation tool is Airtable. Have you heard of Airtable? I have not. So Airtable is kind of like an Excel spreadsheet, but on steroids. It is beautiful. You can, and there are different ways. I use it specifically for our podcasting when Mm -hmm. it comes to our guests, when it comes to um, the people that we're scheduling in our editorial calendar, I'm able to put in, you know, specific like the bios and headshots and all the little details that comes to running a podcast, as I'm sure you know, Yeah, and I'm able to visualize it, but it also gives me an option to see it on the calendar. So Mm -hmm. I see, okay, these are the guests that we're having. If we're having a very specific, maybe we're having a a themed podcast. Sometimes we do podcasts around seasons or, you know, tax 
tax day is a really big one in the financial world. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that it's landing on a good day. So it has a calendar view for me to see, but I've also gotten to the point where we can send uh, information for our podcast guests to fill out and it automatically puts it into my spreadsheet. Oh, that's awesome. Automatically does it. I can have their headshot, their bio, all of that laid out. And it does cost a little bit of months to have those options, but it automates it for me and just makes just makes life so much easier. And I feel like I have all my stuff together right there and I'm able to look at it at a glance. It's, it's wonderful. And they do have a free version for anyone just organizing information and just data collection for things that you need for your life. That's definitely one of my favorites. That's awesome. I mean, that's priceless just to take that stress and that overwhelm out of the equation, you know, and you just have it there. I mean, it's amazing. Totally. And I, it saves my brain cells. Yes, exactly. Like, I have very few to, to work with. And if they're being <laughs> occupied by these things that a computer can take over, then I am grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, because I mean, there's so many other things that, that take our energy and focus, you know, I and mean, that shouldn't be one of them, just organizing things, you know, like that's just something that could easily be automated, like you said. <laughs> Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Uh, so what do you do to help your business grow? Like, how do you get out of your comfort zone to achieve those goals? And like, do you have any examples or anything like that to just, I don't know, comfort zone such a, I'm such a creature of habit. And like, I've talked about it on other podcasts, like I have yet to go live on any of my social channels. And it's like, I tell my clients to do that, but I don't do it, you know, like, mm-hmm. because I'm still so scared. I've done videos, which was like a step up. Like even that was like way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> Um, yes. So just any advice on things like that? <laughs> well, I, I love the comfort zone because it's very comfy and I get to stay there and do what I want to do. But one of the things that I've noticed that has helped my business grow the most, and I think it's because I am a very, I love public speaking and, um, meeting people that we are a good fit for each other. So one of the biggest things that I do to grow my business is to go to conferences it's the best thing that I have ever done. And I have very specific conferences that I go to when it comes to my niche mm-hmm. and the things that I am doing. So one of the biggest conferences I go to is called FinCon. Um, if you know anybody in the financial community, it's like the Mecca of, <laughs> of financial content creators. Oh, and awesome. it's, it's so fun. And one of the biggest things I did that was out of my comfort zone is this is my favorite conference of all time. It's like the Comic-Con for mm-hmm. any like the nerds out there that love anything when it comes to finances. And the biggest thing that I did to go out my comfort zone was to actually MC the conference. Oh, and that's awesome. It was like full circle and something that I, I, it was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Because these are my people. These are the people that I love to see and to communicate with. And we're all talking about the same thing. And who am I to, to MC this conference? <laughs> I'm like, why would I be able to? And so that was definitely one of the scariest moments of my life. Even though I've MC'd, like our audiences are normally anywhere between like 200 people to like 800 people. And this was 2,500 people, wow. which is still very small, you know, sometimes like, but it was still a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, I get scared in front of two people. You're brave. You are so brave. <laughs> well, and it's one of the, I love it. It's my, my zone of genius mm-hmm. is where I really love. And even in that, I realize I have comfort zones. And so going outside of there has really helped my business grow. It's helped me make really great relationships. And something else is that I am always networking. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I can go to the grocery store. I can sit next to someone on the airplane. I can go, I live in Southern California. So sometimes I'm in the audience for like TV shows or something oh, like fun. that. And it was, it's so fun. The last one I went to was Survivor. I was at the Survivor finale and I sat next to Sia, the pop star. Oh my God, that's is so cool. A whole nother story. I didn't network with her. I don't think she needed a financial education. Yeah, well. <laughs> MC, public speaker, podcaster, but it was still pretty cool. Well, yeah. Even in, <laughs> it was a great, I, it was a great night, but even that night and other times I am constantly meeting people and just connecting with them on a personal level. And I think that's my favorite thing about networking mm-hmm. is making friends for the genuine reasons of, I care. I think you're a cool person. I think you're offering so much to the world. Let's see if we, you know, can even connect in any way. If not, let's be friends for the rest of our lives. Maybe that might be a little too much. Sia didn't appreciate that. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But always being able to know who you are, what you do, and any opportunity can bring, bring contacts that will, will help you when it comes to business. And so I think that's really important too, of always just keeping it in your mind of who you are, what you have to represent, having that business card ready or whatever it is so that you can make real genuine connections. And I've seen a lot of growth in that as well. Yeah. I think people kind of forget the importance of still networking, especially like in person, in real life, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because we're so digital these days and everybody's online and, and it's great. I mean, that's like an amazing avenue to grow your business and just, you know, do things that you want to personally in your life. But I think people have forgotten how important it is to just get out there, like feet to the ground and meet people. And like you said, it doesn't always have to be about business. Like that surely helps, but I mean, also Mm. just connecting to people in real life, like that we're starting to lose that. It seems like. Oh, definitely. And I mean, it could even be just going and drinking rosé with your friend and hanging out and talking about nothing business related, Mm -hmm. like just about their life. And I think those are the best connections. And some of my best business contacts have been from relationships I already had where we didn't even talk about business for the first however long we knew each other. Mm -hmm. And it really, it goes a lot when it goes to the genuineness of these relationships, because I feel like sometimes when I'm networking with people, if my first question is, what can you do for me? Then that relationship is not going to go very far all the time. Mm -hmm. And connecting with people (laughs) at a personal level and and on a human level, it really has just made a difference when it comes to my, my business. And it's a happy, it's a happy coincidence. I think I don't go out with the intent of I'm going to network with all the people and see what they can do for me. It's more like I'm meeting people. If this, if this is a good fit down the road, amazing. And if not amazing, I want to see what I can do to help them. And if it works that we can help each other, then awesome. But having that heart and that, that good intention in mind has always really, really helped me when it comes to even just growing my business. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's fulfilling. It gets rewarding. Just you know, talking to people and like just making a genuine connection, you know, whether business or just personal, you know, like just meeting new people and seeing how we can help each other grow and just being humans, you know? Absolutely. And I definitely feel like, and I don't want to get on my soapbox, but I feel like as women, we have a harder time with this sometimes because I, 
I, I don't know if there was a movie out there with Rebel Wilson and it was called, isn't it romantic? And when she like goes into like, there's like this, her life changes and she's like, ends up in a romantic comedy and like her best friend in real life all of a sudden becomes like her arch ne- nemesis because that's what happens in romantic comedies yeah. that like women are pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happens oftentimes that we see each other as competition when we should really look at it as collaboration. Mm-hmm. I want to root on women in any way possible. And I'm not trying to compete with anyone. I'm trying to come alongside women, encourage them. And I think we can really make such a difference when it comes to, I mean, in my world, it comes to finances and taking control of that, but also as entrepreneurs and as, as difference makers in this world, rooting each other on is incredibly important and needed and necessary, I think. Definitely. Yeah, I I totally agree. uh, we do have like a hard time, it seems like, but like, I don't know. I just get so excited when I see other people's wins. Like, you know, when we're in like, we're in Amber Housley's group together and just mm-hmm. one girl's post, like, it's just, you know, I love it. Like, it's just, there's no reason to compete. Like, it's like you said, just collaborate and we can all do so much more there. Like we can make a greater impact. Absolutely. There's a lot of pie out there that we can all have. Yeah. We all get sure. a piece. Totally. get a piece of that pie. <laughs> we eat it together. My analogies aren't that great. I'm sorry. No, I love them. <laughs> uh, pie analogy? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, pie and wine. I am yes. there for it. I mean, those are two of the best things in the world, so. <laughs> I I agree. I just can't wait till the fall until we can make real pumpkin pie, but that's a different oh, story. I know. I know. Fall is my like, favorite season, so no, yeah, don't even get me started. <laughs> Agreed. Awesome. Um, So yeah, lastly, uh, your five favorites. um, Book, drink, thing to relax, watch, and favorite place to go. I love these questions because it made me think. I was like, what is my favorite? I don't know (laughs) what it is. But my favorite book of all time is, and I, I don't know, I feel like this could be a lot of people's favorite book, but have you ever read the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society? No, I have never (gasps) heard of that, but I'm going to have to look for it. It's a fictional book. So I I really enjoy fiction. That's actually one of my self-care things that I need to just kind of decompress and um, to go relax as I like reading. And fiction, especially because when I read nonfiction, I feel like I need to go do all the things. Right. Like, like I need to do this and this and this and memorize this book word for word. Uh, So reading nonfiction just really helps when it comes to my mind taking a break. Mm -hmm. And this is set in World War II and it's incredibly beautiful and profound. And it's one of those kind of like beauty and the ashes stories Mm -hmm. that, you know, my, uh, my dramatic heart just really loves, and I cried several oh. times through the book. It's very, very well written and a really beautiful, beautiful story of overcoming. It's set in post World War II on an island that was occupied by the Germans during World War II, and just some of the things that they lost and and how they were able to stay resilient in the midst of just a really, really horrible situation. And it's incredibly beautiful and tragic. Yeah, that sounds a bit, what is the name of it again? It's kind of a long title. It is. It's called, and it's a little weird, <laughs> um, but it's called the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Oh, okay. I'm going to Google that after and, and I want to read that. And they I made a Netflix too. movie about it. Oh, fun. Okay. So I highly recommend reading the book, then watching the Netflix movie and just bringing tissues for both. Okay, okay good. 
Good. Thank you for the heads up on that. <laughs> totally. I don't know. I'm an emotional person. I cry at commercials. So, oh. you know. <laughs> like, I never really cried before. I think because, like, I'm older, I feel like my, I don't know, my hormones are changing or something. Because, yeah, like, I tear up at commercials now. And before, I would have never even, like, blinked an eye, like, even thought about it. So, I don't know. So, I will definitely bring tissues <laughs> based on, like, how I react to things lately. <laughs> it's a beautiful cry. It's, like, one of those good cries. Awesome. Okay. Those feel good sometimes. <laughs> totally. Um, so that was my favorite book. My favorite drink is always coffee. Oh, yes. I, I feel like that can be really generic, but I, yesterday was drinking my coffee and doing stuff and I went to go drink my coffee and it was empty mm-hmm. and I genuinely was sad. That's like the most deflating feeling ever. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it though? You're like, I need more. It's yes, gone. I know. Yeah. We have, my brother-in-law has been staying with us for a little while. So it's always been like me and my husband and we're good. Like he doesn't drink that much coffee. So I know I get a lot of it. And then this third person's kind of there and I forget about that. And it's happened so many times where I go to fill it up and I'm like, oh, damn it. it's gone. I, I do that all the time. And I've been trying to be better about my consumption of coffee. Me too. But, but unfortunately it's getting worse. <laughs> me too. I'm like, I am not having my afternoon coffees at my coffee. I'm like, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm not having my afternoon coffees. Exactly. And it's summer, so the cold brew mm-hmm. is the most tempting thing that's out there. So I, I think I'm a little addicted, and I might need to go talk to someone about it. <laughs> but it really is genuinely my favorite drink. Yeah, because it's amazing. Do, like, what do you put in it? Like, do you put sugar, cream, or like, how do you fix it? I, I drink it black. Oh, hello. Yeah, I've never done up. that. Wow. Really? I, I started drinking it black because I was poor in college. True story. <laughs> I stopped putting stuff in it just because it was, it was cheaper right. to well, not get like the frou-frou <laughs> coffee. Right. And um, I love it. Like I genuinely love the taste of coffee and I, mm, I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so my favorite thing to do to relax is I mentioned it briefly, but as of recently, I love waking up early and going out in the hammock in my backyard and my dog comes with me and, and sometimes will jump up on the hammock with me. And I just love to read and relax in the morning before it gets hot. That's awesome. Yeah. It's this really beautiful. Like I, something I realized as an entrepreneur and it's also part of my self care, I think is we're, I, I saw a meme that says we're basically like just very, uh, we're like house plants with complicated emotions Yeah, because we need sunshine and we need water. Those are two things <laughs> that are necessary. And so my, my routine in the morning has been to read in my hammock and get some sunshine so that I leave the house that day. That's, awesome. that's a very real thing is I sometimes don't even leave my house and it's sad. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I get it. Like sometimes I'll still be in a sweater by like afternoon and it's summer. And my husband's like, have you like been near a window? Like, it's hot outside. <laughs> have you walked outside at all? Right. I mean, that's much better than me. Sometimes I just don't put pants on that day, but right, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> or like brush my teeth. of podcasting. Like, oh. Yeah. I, I've never related to someone of that because I'm always the one not brushing my teeth and they are like, that's gross. Right. I'm like I well, could do it. Get away. Like you get up, you start doing things, you drink your coffee, and then you're like, oh wait, like I didn't brush my teeth six hours ago. This <laughs> I feel like this is confession time. And I I'm so I'm yes, that's me. It's sad. But I make sure, you know, 
as soon as I realized it, I'm like, oh, I got to go brush my teeth yep. right now. Good mm-hmm. thing I didn't leave the house. Right. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I'm on the same page. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, when it comes to watching things, I am currently, and again, this might be a more of a confession time, but I'm currently obsessed with forensic files. <laughs> Is that like the is that like 48 hours kind of thing? Is it like documentary or is it like a show show? It's documentary style, true crime. Okay. And my, one of my favorite podcasts is a true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. And they mention forensic files all the time. And so I was like, I should figure this out. And Netflix has like lots of episodes of them. And it's just been my thing that I kind of put on in the background and do other stuff, you know, like little mindless things mm-hmm. and uh, stuff around the house or cleaning up. And I'm, it's sad that that's my go-to right now of just completely obsessed with watching it. It's so fascinating to me. I know you got You'll have to hang out with my father-in-law. He loves those too. It's like Dateline, 48 hours, forensic files. And like, he has it on all the time. And like, I have two little kids and we go visit. I'm like, Hey, Mr. Doug, um, you think you can maybe mute that or like watch it later so my kids can go to sleep later. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I am definitely that person. I don't have children, like I said, but my, it was funny. I was recording a podcast and I do my podcast with my mom, by the way. Yeah. I was going to ask you to explain that more uh, and talk about it, but yeah, that sounds so fun. Yeah, we do it together and we were recording and we use a program called Zencaster um, where we record our audio only. And I had opened a tab to send her a link so that we could record that day. And I guess I left the tab open on my my laptop and I went to my desktop to record the actual recording session. Mm-hmm. And I had left it open and um, later that day was watching Forensic Files and my mom opened her computer and her tab was also still open on this recording. And all of a sudden she hears this man's voice. Oh God. Like, and then he slit his, I'm sorry. <laughs> These like horrible, gruesome facts of a crime. And she calls me. She's like, are you okay? (laughs) What's going on? I was like, oh, I'm just watching Forensic Files. She probably was terrified, poor thing. It was, it was, a com- she, she can't handle that stuff. And so it was just a funny thing. So I completely understand. And I realize it's not for everyone. There are very few people out there who can relate to me, but I just find it very fascinating. Also, I'm learning things that I shouldn't be doing. Right. You know, yeah. Like, I believe, yeah. Yeah. It's like all these things that we don't pay attention to that make us like targets. I've learned those as well. You know, and he tells yeah. me things like, and one time, this is a funny story. I was at his house and I was putting their um, dishes away and it fell like this like ceramic bowl and it slashed my finger so bad. <gasps> and he was like, oh my God, there's DNA everywhere. <laughs> I was like, okay, like bleeding out, but whatever. <laughs> That's definitely something I think about. Like I just dropped a hair. Oh, they have my DNA in that place. you know they they'll know um one of the things I always learned was never I'm sorry if we're digressing oh no it's fine it's fine (laughs) (laughs) this wine is getting to me um but I realized never go to a second location that's always like if you know you get abducted or whatever or like someone like never go to the second location was something I learned very recently I was like oh good to know okay Well, that's right. a good tip. I mean, we're, you know, we're sharing all kinds of life tips on this one. I love it. Like, right? I, I feel like everyone's someone. new things. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> 
So where's your favorite place to go? Obviously not a second location. So where- Oh, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, my favorite place to go is, so I'm a big, ever since I lived in England, I realized that I just love traveling. Mm-hmm. And so I know it's a horrible thing to say, but like my favorite place to go is anywhere that's new and exciting and different. Um, it's this like specific feeling that you get when you're traveling to a different country. And it's like this puzzle that you have to figure out and yet so incredibly enjoyable and like an adventure that you get to have. And specifically, it was funny. I've been craving Paris Mm. for like recently. I just like, I just want to go to Paris. I want to go. And I think a part of it has to do, I was reading a book that was set in Southern France and it's just one of the most beautiful places of, you know, like just, fields and valleys and wine and bread and cheese and all the delicious things in life. And so I'm really craving Paris specifically, but maybe somewhere in the South of France as well, which sounds incredibly precocious, but I went there on my honeymoon. And so I think that might have a little something to do with it. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I've never been, like, I've never even been outside the country. So lame, but um, I've read a lot of books because I've I was a winemaker for a few years and like, I just love wine, obviously. Um, and so a lot of the books I read, you know, cause the French are amazing at making wine and like all of those stories, just, I don't know, like the picture I have in my head, I'm sure it, it actually matches like what is there. It just seems amazing. It is beautiful. I highly encourage you to go one day cause it's a different pace of life. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard. It's just, it's slower and it's easier and just you drink wine and you enjoy food and you just let life be, you know, okay, Sarah, Sarah. Sounds amazing. <laughs> want to go. And my other favorite place to go is Target, but I think that oh, might God. diminish. Yes. <laughs> that might diminish Paris a little. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> Target is like the second most amazing place on, you know, the planet, which is also their French, right? Aren't they like a French company? Oh, I don't know. I think so. But I'm not positive. Maybe that's why it's so amazing. <laughs> awesome. Um, so where, oh yeah. And also uh, tell us a little bit more about your podcast and where everybody can find you in social media, website, all that good stuff. Yeah. So our podcast is called The Money Millhouse, where women make and manage their money. And we, every single week, it's me and my mom. We hang out around her kitchen table and drink coffee. And I love it because we also drink things on our podcast. Like, I think it's a very, like, it's a love language. So um, I love that we're drinking wine on this one. Um, And so they can find us at themoneymillhouse.com, anywhere that um, podcasts are downloaded. We're kind of like I'm sorry if this is not an appropriate joke, but we're like the gateway drug when it comes to finances. And so like, if, <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> if they're not gung ho on finances and like learning all the things, I think we make it fun and easy for people to just start doing, you know, just cause you can't do everything just mm-hmm. you can't do something, you know, one thing at a time is really all it takes. And so the money mill house, me personally, I have a website, bethanybayless.org. I'm working on getting that.com because <laughs> Somebody had it for the longest time, but that's a different, that's an There's another Bethany Bayless out there. I know. Right. I was like, I thought I was the only one. And ironically enough, for the longest time, it was somebody who had a portfolio of the Eiffel Tower. Oh, oh. And I, I was like, wow. Okay. Still, I want 
I want the .com, so someone can help me with that. Um, but <laughs> BethanyBayless.org, they can also find me on social media, Bethany Bayless, across all of them. And I really, right now, my like Instagram is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. It's so I fun. Sharing content through Instagram because that's, there's so many things opening up right now when it comes to Instagram and the possibilities and the way that people are using it. I'm really just enjoying exploring that a little bit more. Yeah, it's fun. And well, and they make it so interactive, you know, and they make it easy and it's just, yeah, I, I love it too. It's like my favorite platform and it's the most engaging. Like you can actually make real connections with people Absolutely. that you have not met in real life. Definitely. And I also really like how it can be really pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite. Pretty. I just love beautiful things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, it's just like, yeah. But like you said, it's just like a fun feeling of like scroll. It's actually like I'm kind of like transitioning my feed right now. So it kind of makes me cringe when I look at it because it's not super pretty, but I see all the pretty ones and I'm like, oh, I'm working to get there because like I oh. doing it a certain way for a while and then I switched it. And so like my OCD is kind of kicking in, like telling me all these things that, you know, it looks whatever, but um, I'm totally the same way. I'm totally the same way. Have you discovered Lightroom presets? <gasps> Yes. I yes. So I'm trying to decide if I want to go through Lightroom presets or um, have you heard of the Digi Girls? D-I-G. <gasps> no. Super cute. So I'm trying to like figure out which one I want to buy. I'm like comparison shopping right now and I just haven't pulled the trigger. But yeah, it's, um, let me look. It's Digi Girls, like digital kind of, like D-I-G-I. Yeah. Um, on Instagram. Look at theirs. It's super cute too. Like it's really nice presets. I'm going to go check those out because I like, so Lightroom, I really love how the mobile app is free. Mm, like mm-hmm. that has just been amazing. I just have to buy the presets. Right. So the ones that I have recently just fallen in love with, <laughs> we're sharing all the secrets today. So if people <laughs> go look at my feed, they're going to know everything. Uh, but Champagne, the, I tell you. I know, right? <laughs> this is how you get all the secrets out. This is a great strategy, I think. <laughs> uh, but I use, uh, they're a company called Light and Airy. And it's like the very like light, uh, overly exposed, mm-hmm. whites, like the whites pop and... Um, I really am loving that. So I'm also transitioning my feed to look a specific way. And I, I'm only at the point where I'm starting to get proud of my Instagram. So I'm totally like on the same boat. Yeah. Yours is super cute. I was looking at it earlier and the cookies, like we're going to have to be a whole other podcast. I just want to know about the cookies. (laughs) That's one of my side hustles. So I talk a little bit on our podcast, but I have, I feel like I have this and as an entrepreneur, I like to just diversify my income. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we recommend that everyone does is just find lots of ways that you're able to make income because as an entrepreneur, like some streams dry up really fast. And sometimes you're making a lot of money and sometimes you're making very little money. And so to diversify the income and to get, you know, little things here and there. And so for me, I've started selling those cookies and it's been such a fun little cathartic thing that like, I'm able to watch forensic files. I just decorate my cookies (laughs) and I'm making money from it. And I was like, how is this possible? But it also helps me just like calm down and to kind of separate my mind with everything else going on in my life. Something as little as this tedious work of decorating sugar cookies has been really, really fun for me. That's awesome. Oh, and it's like a creative outlet too, you know? So it kind of gets like that other part of your brain, like just going, which is super fun. Oh, completely. But I think my family is getting really sick of sugar cookies though. (laughs) 
<laughs> like they're at the point they're like, ah, oh, you made these again. Right. I'm like, that's why I'm selling them to other people, <laughs> except for my dad. He says that I can give him those sugar cookies on any occasion. Oh, um, <laughs> that's <thanks>. awesome. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Well, thank you. So, this has been so much fun. Um, like really just such a fun conversation about everything, like everything that we've talked about. Thank you so much for joining me and taking the time out and just sharing and connecting. Well, absolutely. And thank you again for the wine. I'm about halfway done. Just kidding, but not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> with this, And I just so appreciate you having me on. And I, I love talking to you about these things because I feel like sometimes as an entrepreneur, like we can feel very alone. Yes. I feel like we're the only ones who think this way and that they're, we're the only ones who have considered quitting so many times and those closed doors and everything. And so I personally just thank you so much for doing what you're doing and um, for this amazing resource that you have for, for women as entrepreneurs. So thank oh. you so much for having me. And, and again, for this wine. <laughs> also, you are welcome. Yeah. It was so many things that you said, like, I just felt like, Oh, you know, I had like in my mind, like connected with like, Oh, I have a story like that. Oh, I have like a story like that. And like you said, I mean, it's, it can be isolating like for sure. And so mm. I just, that was the whole point of this is just like letting other entrepreneurs and small boy businesses know that, you know, we're all kind of going through the same thing. So let's just have a glass of champagne and we can talk about it and relax for a minute. Um, cause you know, the second we get back to work, there's a million things to do. So totally. I will drink to that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. And, um, thanks for listening guys. Next week.